This podcast is part of the Podcavern Network. Check out other Podcavern shows at podcavern.com. Oniric. Hello, Deirdre. I hope you're well. I know, it's been forever. Please don't be mad at me. I'm recording this now because today's a big day. I'm meeting with a talking wolf after lunch. I'm a bit nervous about it. You know Bach's Easter Oratorio, Shirley? Das Oster Oratorium? Opening Sinfonia always pumps me up. Next Wednesday, it'll be a full year since I left your mother's house. One full verdammt year, and I'm past Schritt 3. On another planet. We all know the hatch to Schritt 3 takes you off Erde, but until you step through and wake up on the other side... You can't really apprehend the full truth of it. On Erde, that hatches 1,500 meters from, what was it, Sacred Heart Cathedral, yes? And I left during the night. Schritt Dreiside, the hatch, is in a little grove of fruit-bearing trees, and it was a blazing noon sun. The trees had perfectly round yellow leaves, but it wasn't autumn. It never is here. Fruits are vaguely pyramidal. Green, you eat the peel, tastes like tangy pears. I've, I've eaten a lot of those since. You'd be surprised how many of the memories you make on the big long road are about what you eat. Of course, I stepped out of a dream to arrive on Schritt 3, but it's been months, and I couldn't tell you what it was about. Possibly... Danica was there. Maybe Val. I haven't seen him while awake since I went through the last hatch, but they both figure in my dreams pretty often. Perhaps Herr Gustavo. Did I tell you he's been teaching me again? I've been away for weeks at a time with him. It's like the training never stopped. I try not to bring up the fact that he's dead. One year. One year. I'm on my second pair of boots, and I can see that the third pair is just around the corner. I've had to darn my roll tent a few times. My self-cleaning underwear is starting to struggle to self-clean. Still fits and all, a bit loose if anything. I just have to clean it by hand, as it were. We were speaking of food. I've eaten a lot of wild corn. It's surprisingly toothsome, straight up grilled. I have eaten mushrooms and grass. I've eaten the best lemon cake of my life in a cave about 200 kilometers back, baked in a stone oven by a hermit who only spoke Croatian, but still watched Canadian hoverball on a giant TV. I've snared squirrels and hares and cooked them in the middle of the forest. Sometimes those are the proteins to hand. I've prayed for the squirrels and hares, don't get me wrong, but I, I still feel a little guilty. 
Skinning and gutting these things is just not something I'm getting used to. I've heard the very Easter oratorio we're listening to now in a beautiful space shared by the Carmelites and the Temple of the Triple Moon. <laughs> now I tell you about it, Deirdre. I can see that, for someone who doesn't have to do much of anything outside of walking, I've had a busy time of it. So, you're probably wondering about the talking wolf. The worlds are a pretty big place, Dee. That's the thing about them. Huge are the worlds. So, a forest sage who happens to be a wolf, sure, that feels weird, but only for a little while. I'm really looking forward to meeting him, you see, because at this point, I have no fadumped idea where I'm supposed to go. No one knows where the next hatch is. If they know, they're not telling. Of course, you'll remember the first thing Herr Gustavo told me when I walked into his class all those years ago was, The Hatch pilgrimage is not like other pilgrimages, Vans. You know where it starts, but you can't know where you'll end up. Not a day goes by that I don't remember him saying that, and he's not shy about repeating it when I meet him in the dreams, stubborn old coot. Well, that's all, that's all well and good as a general principle, and it sounds wise and lofty as all fadumped in front of a bunch of pupils, but it's hardly reassuring when you're stuck on a planet where the sky is pink and the trees have circular leaves. You know? That's where the wolf comes in. I already met him in a dream. A month ago, that was? I was training with Herr Gustavo. I say training. He was actually showing me a great little recipe. Fried daikon with chili paste and tamari. It's particularly delicious if you can score a little fresh ginger. Mm -mm. Anyway, we're in the kitchen, right? And suddenly there's this wolf in armor at the window. Imagine a sort of regular night silhouette, but out of the helm, there's the snout of a wolf. Piercing yellow eyes, too. Herr Gustavo notices him, looks delighted, and invites him in. Ah, Vance, Herr Gustavo goes. I want you to meet my friend, Erich des Rätsels. <laughs> that was a bit on the nose, that name, of course, but I didn't want to be impolite, you understand, Dean. So I shook Erich's uh, paw. Wanderer is on the big long road, said Herr Gustavo. I know, said the wolf. Good day to you, Wanderer. I bowed. What else was I supposed to do? I suppose I stared a bit too, because he, uh, he grinned, insofar as a wolf can grin outside of a cartoon, and he said, I'm not always a wolf, you know, just most of the time. There's this place, Ulthar it's called, where I'm a cat. But 
Here, I'm a wolf. Are you all right with that? I am, I said, sheepishly. Good. I'm here to tell you you need to find me, the wolf said. When we meet again, I will tell you where the next hatch is to be found and give you letters of mark. Then he answers the riddle, of course, said Herr Gustavo. Of course, Erich des Rätsels said. And he laughed. <sighs> oh, there's a riddle, is there? I asked, trying not to sound too cheeky. But with a name like that, I felt he was taking the piss a bit. Of course there's a riddle, roared the wolf. This is not just a pilgrimage, young man. It's a quest. I can't quite do the voice, of course. Why not tell me the riddle now? I said, still a bit blithe. It's difficult for me to be serious when I know I'm dreaming. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Herr Erich. I'm not very good with riddles, and I wouldn't mind having a little time to think it over. He didn't like that, D. His eyes blazed, then turned a sullen red. Herr Gustavo was also staring at me, and his eyes were saying, Don't embarrass me in front of my friend, Vance. The wolf got right in my face. His breath was very hot and humid. There is a time for flippancy, he growled. But this is not it. A quest is a noble endeavor. A quest tasks the quester. Riddles are a serious and a dangerous task. Riddles reveal the soul. The best ones are the perfection of a circle. You chose this path, Vandava. Don't make a mockery of it. And may the big long road bring you somewhere. Well, I felt like a heel, I'm not going to lie, Deirdre. Abashed, if you see what I mean. Still, I wasn't actually worried, and I'm not worried now, because what Herr Gustavo and Herr Erich don't know is that I have a secret weapon coming into this challenge. Danica already told me the answer, remember? It took a few weeks, but I, I found the wolf. He's got a cottage deep in a place called Halcyon Forest, which has got to be a joke name, considering how mercurial Herr Erich seems to be. And now I'm off to meet him. I'll let the Omnibook record some of it, if I remember to switch it on. You'll enjoy that, I think. I've traveled here to answer what you would have me answer, that I may learn how to go on. Are you ready? I am. A flame that rides the winds of worlds. A flame that seeks a single torch. The torch burns bright. The torch burns out. The flame remains and rides anew. The answer is choice. Oh! Ah! 
Deirdre, it's okay. It's okay. I got back to the Omni book as soon as I could. This is, um, two days later. I'm fine. Well, I'm fine as in I'm not dead. But yeah, you heard that right. Erich des Rätsels wasn't kidding. This riddling shit is no joke. When I gave my answer, and it turned out it wasn't the right one, that wolf straight up bit my fadant hand off, halfway up my forearm. I fainted. Hurt like hell. I just woke up an hour ago in a sort of dispensary. New left hand. Full cybo. Didn't have to pay for it either. All part of the service, apparently. Verdammt nochmal. I can't believe Danica lied to me. That hurts worse than the hand. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh my god. Sweet mother of our lord, I just remembered. In my dream of Danica, the one where she gave me the answer, I saw my hand. Full cybo for just a moment. I saw it. Oh, fuck. I have a choice before me now, Deirdre. I can either find the riddle's answer, go back to the wolf, and try again, or I can just go on and trust to God and fate. Or I can turn back, I suppose, but fuck that. Stupid riddle. That damned thing didn't even rhyme. Take care of yourself, D. I'll let you know. Notes to Oniric, Year One, by Tevra Troy, Doctoral Candidate, Alternative Narrative Traditions, Université de Montréal, October 20, 683. UDMIDTT 603782. Dreams are at the root of Oniric. The motif of dreams as an alternate mode of existence is made explicit for the first time in this episode. Vander has accepted that what he experiences in his dreams is as valid as what happens in his waking life, and he has decided to use his dreaming time to his advantage. A note of reticence still remains in his explanations of the phenomenon to Deirdre, however. It's as though he feels that there is something shameful to his new respect for the dreaming existence. But his detachment from his former life and from Deirdre herself as the main anchor to that life is becoming obvious. There are precedents for this device. H.P. Lovecraft's The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath takes place almost entirely in Lovecraft's world of dreams, the dreamlands. In Stephen King's The Dark Tower, which I would argue is the most important influence on Oniric as a whole, there are many sections that take place inside dreams, several of which are shared by more than one character. The likeliest direct forebear to this aspect of Oniric, however, is probably Michael Moorcock's sword and sorcery series, Elric of Melnibene. The latter volumes of Moorcock's saga introduce the concept of the dream of many years, a magical slumber in which the main character lives entire lifetimes, and, upon waking, can remember the events of those untold years just as though he had lived them in the real world. Furthermore, there are touch points where events in Elric's dreams intersect with events in his waking reality. 
This, it seems to me, is exactly the mode of dreaming that Wanderer undergoes. The Wolf Who is a Cat in Ulthar. This is a Lovecraft reference from the short story The Cats of Ulthar. The reason Vans thinks the wolf's name is a little on the nose is simply that Erich de Rätsels in German means Eric of the Riddle. Amusingly, audio analysis of the purportedly live sequence between Vance and the wolf demonstrates conclusively that the author voices both characters. One final note. I have made a potentially startling discovery in the reconstructed archives of ancient data giant Google, which could bring us to a wealth of new ancillary information about Oniric, and indeed might even help us identify the author. I'm still in the process of validating this information, much of which is naturally in a hard-to-access, fragmentary state. I will report on my progress as soon as I can. Hello, folks. I'm Katie. I'm Vinny. And we host the Learn Real Good podcast. It's a comedy podcast about science. It's also a science podcast with comedy. Each episode, we interview a science grad student about their research. And we keep it casual, so you don't need to be a nerd to follow along. We also share some of the latest science news. I think you mean the latest science news. Well, people need to hear more about amphibians. I agree with that. So look us up on your favorite podcast source and learn learn real real good. good. Presented by the Podcavern Newtwork. Uh, close enough.